Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hello, everyone. It is August 9th, 2016, and you are listening to Locked On Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I am the editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And if you found us, you probably don't need this reminder, but I'm going to keep saying it anyway. Uh, you can download this podcast, uh, whether you're listening to it, any, whether, wherever you're listening to it, you can download this podcast on iTunes, subscribe, get it downloaded automatically to your mobile iTunes-enabled listening device uh, by searching Locked on Magic. You can also find us on Audioboom and Stitcher, but you probably knew that. I'll probably have to move this announcement somewhere else. And if you're on iTunes, go ahead and leave us a, a review. We really appreciate it. I know I've gotten some very positive reviews already uh, on the show, and I really appreciate it. I'm going to hopefully continue to improve things. Going to get right into things today. On today's show, we're going to talk a little magic history. Uh, I asked the Orlando Magic Daily staff for uh, some historical perspective, their historical perspective on the team, so I'll share those results, and you can check out the history roundtable up on orlandomagicdaily.com. I'm also going to count down my favorite Orlando Magic teams, uh, just my personal preference, give you an idea of, of what I like to see uh, in my teams. But first, I do want to start off with some talk about Team USA. They defeated Venezuela last night by a score that is probably too ugly to repeat. Uh, it was a, uh, it did end up being a blowout, but it was a close game at the beginning and raised some questions about the U.S. They got they got challenged and 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 not pushed around isn't the right word, but. They got sucked into a slower game, and it's very clear that if you can force the U.S. into a half-court game, you have at least something of a shot to stay in the game with them. Uh, The final score of the game, of course, was... Pulling up the results here, sorry. This is what I get for not being prepared. The final score of the game was 113-69, to but the U.S. and Venezuela were tied at 18 after one quarter before talent just finally kicked in and the U.S. ran away with things. Paul George had a very, very strong game, uh, thought he was really, really, really good throughout the game, was a big reason why the U.S. was able to pull away with a 30-8 second quarter. Um, just The bench is just really, really solid. But what Venezuela did effectively was they, was they really muddied the game up. They made it slow. They fouled a lot. They forced the U.S. to have to play in the half court. And there's still a problem with the U.S. team that, when they get into the half court, it's all one-on-one basketball. There's not a, there's not as much ball movement as there should be, and there's not as much uh, – the, the offense just isn't effective. It gets very stuck. And, yeah, the U.S. has some really skilled players. Kyrie Irving was, was again, really, really good. Kevin Durant was really, really good. But playing one-on-one basketball is not efficient, and a good team is going to be able to pick them off. Venezuela's plucky. They're, they're definitely plucky, but they're not the most talented team in the world. And the U.S. was ex- was exposed a little bit, and it's a lesson that they needed to have. They came out a little sluggish. They they weren't as into the game as they should have been, and it cost them early on with with a close deficit. Now, the U.S. obviously took over, won the game, so not a huge surprise, not a huge uh, problem for the U.S. But 
Now things get tougher. Uh, they've got to, they've got to, they had to learn this lesson. We knew they'd learn at some point in the group stage. And it's good that they got it against a team like Venezuela rather than against a team like they're the one they're going to face Wednesday. Australia, the game against Australia Wednesday is going to be a knockdown fight. Australia is playing incredibly well. They upset France in their first game uh, and defeated Serbia on Monday uh, with a really comfortable 95 to 80 win. They are playing some really strong basketball right now. Matthew Delavadova is really kill, is really playing well. Patty Mills is playing well. Andrew Bogut's playing well. They're one of the few teams that have two NBA bigs in Bogut and Baines, and they're going to force the force the U.S. team to match up to them. I think it would not surprise me if the U.S. has to run out a lineup with Cousins and Jordan playing together, or Draymond Green playing more of the four if Kevin Durant can't handle the girth, and it's girth because. Y'all, everyone in the NBA knows how big Aaron Baines is, and everyone knows how big Andrew Bogut is, and Bogut looks healthy and is moving well. And this this Australia team is really connected. Uh, they're they're probably playing just from a pure basketball standpoint, the best basketball in the tournament so far. Whether that's enough to to even compete with the U.S., I'm still not sure. And I think Australia uh, would be pretty happy to finish second in this group, and it looks like they're gonna finish second in this group, but. Wednesday's game is going to be a really, really, really interesting game. Uh, like I said, it's it's a big matchup for uh, for the U.S. Probably this game again is is going to set the tone for the whole tournament now. Uh, with with France struggling with uh, France struggling uh, just a little bit, although France did pick up a win against China on Monday. Uh, so the U.S. plays Australia Wednesday at six. Also, have to remind everyone that tonight at nine thirty. Argentina plays Croatia, so Croatia goes from upsetting Spain on that block shot by Dario Saric to playing Argentina. Argentina uh, won their first game, I believe. Hold on, I do not know the scores off the top of my head here. Yes, Argentina defeated Nigeria, so a battle of 1-0 teams in Group B. That's at 9.30 tonight. It's not on TV unless you get the NBC Olympic Basketball Channel. Uh, but it is streaming live on NBCOlympics.com. So be sure to check out Mario Hazonia and Croatia tonight on television or however you have to watch the game. Uh, I'll, I'll have a complete recap of the game uh, after it's done. So let's move on to some discussion of Orlando Magic history. It's it's always really amazes me that 27 years of Magic history has been full of ups and downs, uh, some truly classic teams, some great players, uh, it, it's really a, a, an incredible run of history, and, and I always love talking about Magic history. Uh, but I wanted, so with some thoughts about Magic history going on, I, I finally did my uh, recap of where the Magic, the 2016 Magic stand in Magic history. Uh, NBA TV's playing some old classic Magic games. Uh, they just aired yesterday. Uh, uh, two days ago, they aired Game 4, the 96 Eastern Conference Finals. I think you all can skip that. Uh, they also aired games one and two of the 2009 Eastern Conference Finals. Those are worth watching. Uh, maybe not game two. Uh, game two was a good game, uh, despite despite the result. And then they also aired game four of the 2009 NBA Finals. I think we can all skip that one again. But there are some there are some classic moments in Magic history that are not just classic to the Magic, but classic to the NBA. I mean, uh, uh, certainly not in the main story of NBA history. I mean, we're kind of a footnote in Jordan and Kobe's story. But there, are, and, and uh, actually a big part of LeBron's story as the villain, but 
there are some some legitimately good moments and some legitimately fun teams to to watch. I'll talk about those fun teams a little bit later. What I wanted to ask though of my staff is the simple question: Who is the best team in Orlando Magic history? Uh, I had two of my writers uh, help help us out, help me out here, and they really seem to agree that the 1994-95 team is the best in Magic history. And I think that's the answer most people will give. That that original team that we saw in this Magic moment is the best team uh, in, in the franchise's history. And I think that's a very, very fair argument. I think that team was very, very good. Uh, obviously, very, very good. Um, they not, not just because they uh, inspired a documentary, but Shaquille O'Neal and Anthony Hardaway, even with how young they were, just dominated the league. They were so good and so much better than a lot of the teams they faced at such a young age, and they just terrorized the entire NBA for the two to, for the two three years that they were around. I mean, you got to remember these guys were were extremely young and uh, ready to just go out and and do, go out and and, and kind of steal the show. And everyone seemed to believe they had the brightest future ahead of them. And, and really, they, they did. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about it. And 95 was just kind of this perfect storm. It was the first time the Magic, as a franchise, the city, as, as, a, as a major sports town, had experienced legitimate success. And if you remember how the arena was rocking in those days, like it felt like the expansion team still, like there's still that expansion buzz and everyone was on board. And those buildings got loud. So it, you know, I, I, I will certainly debate statistically that the 94, 95 team may not have been the best, but I, it, it, it we're, we're, we're picking nets because the 94, 95 team is in the running. Uh, and certainly by most fans, probably the best team in magic history. Certainly that first finals run was really special. Some of our favorite moments in magic history are all there, uh, on that team. So, uh, it's it's a really really great uh, great team and and I have no qualms declaring by our our three man poll that the ninety four ninety five team is is the best in Magic history. I then asked uh, the panel who is the most underrated team in Orlando Magic history, uh, and there were some interesting answers there. And uh, Ryan went with the two thousand nine Finals team. He thinks that they don't get the national respect that they that they deserve. Uh, Zach said the 2010 team, which which was my pick to be the best team in Magic history. I love that 2010 team. Uh, I can go. I can talk all day about them. Even though they didn't make the finals, even though they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Boston Celtics, they were just a really really good team. Like they withstood injuries, major injuries. They with they were just played really well together, and they dominated. They finished they finished 33. They finished the second half of the season 33 and eight, and then won the first eight games of the playoffs. Uh, they were a truly dominant team, and I thought were, were probably the best overall all-around team uh, uh, in Magic history. To me, though, to me, my pick for the most underrated team was the 1993-94 team. We all talk about the 95 team, but the, the seeds were laid in the 94 team. And this was Penny's rookie year, so no one really knew what to expect from him. And again, we all could see the future that was coming, maybe not as quickly as it did, but the future that was coming because the Magic made their first playoffs and got home court advantage. And that 93-94 team was legitimately very, very good. This wasn't just a fluke. And they were probably a little uh, 
they were probably caught a little bit by surprise by the playoff atmosphere and, and got a little wide-eyed by being in the playoffs and losing the first game on a three-pointer really, I think, crushed them a little bit uh, in game one at home, and then they lose game two, and then you're kind of... Back then, That's that was a death sentence. Uh, so it, that team doesn't have the playoff success, but it certainly laid the seeds for what would be a, a fantastic... Uh, a fantastic run for the Magic for the next two years, and so I, I picked the ninety three ninety four team. The most overrated. I asked, then asked what who is the most overrated team in Orlando Magic history. Uh, I got a couple of an- couple of interesting answers. Uh, Zach said the two thousand nine team was actually overrated, um, even though they went to the finals. Uh, they he, he says you know they got kind of they got kind of hot and uh, and ended up. When ended up getting in, the, getting in, and, and and taking advantage of good matchups, even though they they probably weren't the best team in the East that year. Uh, Ryan says the nineteen ninety nine team, uh, they, the nineteen ninety nine lockout shortened team, uh, did tie for the top record in the East. They ended up the third seed and lost to the, um, and lost to the uh, Philadelphia seventy sixers in the first round. Uh, that was that team. If you look at it statistically, we're going to have an article on that team uh, fairly shortly. Um, it's just a confusing team. The statistics were terrible. There's no way that team should have been in first place or anywhere near first place in any division. Um, really just a sign of how bad the league was that season uh, after the lockout. My pick, though, uh, is, was the 2001-2002 Orlando Magic. Uh, they ended up the fifth seed in the East with a 40 with 40 wins. Uh, but really, that team was all Tracy McGrady. And while I think a lot of people want to say that was the best team of the Tracy McGrady era. It still was not a good team. And it was all Tracy McGrady. Mike Miller and Daryl Armstrong helped a little bit, but T-Mac was T-Mac. And what he does is he just scores. And he scored a lot in that season and scored a lot uh, for that team and was was the entire team. And uh, those teams were all a little overrated because of T-Mac, but they were all just terrible teams that T-Mac carried all the way. Uh, so the 2002 team would be my pick for most overrated. And finally, I asked, who is the worst team in Orlando Magic history? And we had some differing opinions, uh, but uh, Zach and I agreed that it's, or Zach said it's the 2004 team. Uh, we all mentioned the 2004 team. That was a team that finished 21-61, and 61, started the year 1-19 on a 19-game uh, losing streak after winning the opening game of the season in overtime in New York. Uh, end of the Tracy McGrady era, obviously, Got you Dwight Howard, but it was a rough season. And if you if you venture to watch any of those games, uh, they are difficult to watch. Uh, but we all picked, you know, we all picked different teams. We ended, ended up picking, or Zach picked the 2014, but uh, Ryan and I ended up picking different teams. Ryan picked the 2012 team, uh, the first year of the rebuild. That was a bad year, uh, no doubt about it. Just that team was not built to win, so I kind of give them a pass. Uh, I voted for the 1992 team. This was the third year of the Ma- this was the second year no the third year of the Magic's existence a year before they got Shaquille O'Neal they're playing in the Western Conference for some reason and they were just bad uh, the Magic are moving out of their expansion phase everyone's getting antsy for winning and the Magic lay an egg essentially they they improve dramatically into their second season and then they come back the following year and just lay an egg and were really really bad and I think that year they won twenty games or twenty one or twenty two games something like that. And they were just bad, uh, and, and it was clear the team was kind of losing direction and needed a needed a star injection. And of course, they got that the following year in the draft with Shaquille O'Neal. So everything worked out in the end. 
Uh, I would love to know what your thoughts are on these questions. Feel free to drop us a line on Twitter. You can follow me and, and tweet at me at omagicdaily. Uh, we I'll maybe add a section to this roundtable with with some of your comments on this as well. Uh, also, you can also email email the show at omagicdaily at gmail.com. So be sure to check. Be sure to do that. I would love to hear from you guys who you think the best team is, the most overrated team is, the most underrated team is, and the worst team in Magic history. But now I'm going to give you my opinion, my countdown of my favorite Orlando Magic teams, regardless of record. I'll count them down. Number five, I, I'm actually going to say, I said they were the most overrated team in Magic history, but that 2002 team was a lot, was, was a lot of fun to me. Uh, I, I say this all the time. When Tracy McGrady was on the team, you'd go to the arena every night and you wouldn't know what he was going to do. You knew you were going to get a show every night. And that year, Tracy McGrady, I believe, finished second in MVP voting um, and was just a stellar player. And he's finishing second in MVP voting on a, on a sub-500 team. Um, he was second or third in MVP voting that year. He was just magnificent to watch. And his individual brilliance made, him, made it fun to go to the games every single night. Uh, and so I just loved going to those games. Even if the team wasn't good, even if it was just McGrady, even if it was ugly basketball, I loved watching Tracy McGrady play. I grew up on Tracy McGrady, so uh, it was always a pleasure to watch him. And, and, and the 2002 team, despite me saying it was overrated, was probably the best team of the T-Mac era. So I, I'll give them the nod at number five. Number four was my pick for the best team in Magic history, the 2009-10 team. This team was... Like I said, just purely dominant. Uh, probably the most dominant Magic team I've ever seen. Uh, they came in with championship expectations, something the franchise hadn't had since 1996, since the 95-96 season. Uh, and they just tore teams apart. Um, they, they, they had to reform pretty much on the fly and still dominated. Uh, there's really, to me, no more impressive defensive season than what I saw from Dwight Howard that year. I mean, you would see NBA players scared to go in the paint because Dwight Howard was there. And that team, frankly, to me, that team does not get enough credit for uh, for how good they were. I think a lot of people, I mean, and fairly so, a lot of people were in a championship or bust mentality. And if the team didn't win a title, it was going to be a disappointing season. So the Magic not winning a title there hurt them. For sure. It definitely uh, colors how we view the season. But to me, that was just a really fun team. I enjoyed going to every game. Uh, it, honestly, I miss breaking down meaningful games like that. And, and it was a lot of fun to, to nitpick wins and, uh, and uh, you know, say, know that there was a higher level to always reach rather than just kind of focusing in on, on, on each individual game as important. My number three team is the Heart and Hustle year. 1999-2000, we just wrote a, a, a nice article on, on how that team still resonates over on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, uh, so be sure to check that out. Uh, this was a this was just a really gritty team. Um, you know, there's always something going on. You didn't know what you were going to see, but you knew the guys were going to work really hard, and, and the fans obviously really appreciated that, and, and their record really spoke for itself. I mean, they finished 41-41 and 41 on a team that many thought was going to win 25 games. So this was just a really fun team. Uh, I, I, I remember going to those games and really just enjoying it. Like, it didn't matter who was playing. It was just you knew you were going to get 
a team that was going to fight hard, and, and sometimes they didn't perform. So you, you might miss, you might hit a game where they get blown out because the talent wasn't there. But more often than not, that team was going to play hard and, and give a show and and be just entertaining because of their energy and hustle. And uh, I, I loved watching that team. I loved seeing the Ben Wallace uh, hairdo records that the that the that the Orlando Arena TD Waterhouse Center at the time. Um, that was actually the first year it was the TD Waterhouse Center. Um, that the TD Waterhouse Center at the time uh, at the time would put up on the jumbotron, uh, fun. You know, even watching Chris Gatling was fun. Uh, I, I the Tark Abdul Wahad was 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 a fun player to watch. So was Ron, when they traded him for Ron Mercer. Mercer was good. Daryl and Bo were just a heartbeat, and and that team was just that team is just very very special. There's there's just no other way to say it. Uh, my number two team is the 2009 team. What I love about the 2009 team. Uh, it's not that they made the finals. Like, that was good. But what, what, what made the 2009 team was that they restored this really special feeling about going to Magic games again. Every game, and really just watching the Magic again. Like, I remember the 2008 season, and just, I, I, I was really emotional when they beat the Raptors and got out of the first round. Like, that was, that was such a big moment for, for the franchise. Um, they haven't... They haven't, they hadn't done that in a dozen years. And so when they finally did it, it felt like just this whole weight was lifted off of the franchise. And so they came back and I was like, and I, and I entered that season saying, look, all they need to do this year is get to the second round and probably take it to six or seven games, make a close second round series. And then 2010, we're going for the ship. And to see that, to, to see that team really just come together, to see Stan Van Gundy's vision for the team begin to crystallize. Uh, clear, very clearly now, and to see that team form its identity was really, really special. And then when they got into the playoffs, every game was just absolute bananas, absolutely fun, uh, just so enjoyable to watch. There may not be a more likable team. I mean, there is one more likable team, and that's the Heart and Hustle team, but there there are few more likable teams in Magic history than that 2009 team. Uh it, look up, go to, if you go to Mother Falcon's website, their t-shirt company in Orlando, look up some of the shirts that they made during the finals run. Uh, I have a Polish hammer shirt. Uh, I, I, I love the, sta- I love the, 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 uh, Viva La Stan with, with Stan, with Stan Van Gundy's face over, uh, over Che, over Che Guevara's face in the Che Guevara style. Uh, they had, you know, like they had some kind of racy shirts, uh, that I won't repeat here, but the whole city was wrapped up in magic fever once again, and it was just a blast to watch the team play. It was just a fun team to watch every single time. Uh, so uh, I love that 2009 team. Like I'll, 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 I'll say the 2010 team was a better team. The 2009 team was certainly a, a, a more fun team. Uh, they didn't have the, they weren't weighed down by championship expectations. There were times during that, even that dominant 2010 team that was just like, okay, this just needs to get over with so we can get to the playoffs. That 2009 team, every game was something new. Whether it was, Sacra- whether it was the three-point record in Sacramento, beating the Lakers in LA still felt like a big deal. Um, it, it was just like, we're not supposed to be here and we're just going to have fun beating, beating y'all and getting to the finals in the process. So that was just a, a great team. And I think, fine, I think what happened in 2010 partly... Uh, despite how much, despite how good that team was, was they got weighed down by championship expectations. But my favorite team in Magic history is that 1995 team. I was six years old during that season, and 
everything was about the magic in the whole city. Like, I remember the Statue of Liberty on Ivanhoe was dressed up in Horse Grant goggles and a shack jersey. Uh, there's There were Horse Grant goggles on City Hall. It, the magic were just everywhere. Like, I, 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 it wasn't like 2009 at all. And, and maybe because I wasn't around as much in 2009, I was in college, but the magic were everywhere. Like, I, I'm serious. Everywhere. Everyone was a magic fan. The Orino was rocking. And that, 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 that team really, I mean, I was already in love with basketball. That team just cemented my relationship with basketball forever. And I, I will forever be grateful to that. I didn't understand everything that was going on quite as much, but I know that team was just a lot of fun. I loved Shaq. I loved Penny. I loved Horace. I loved Nick. I loved Dennis. I loved Donald. Donald I loved Anthony. I loved Brian. I loved Jeff. You know, like I, I, that whole team was just so much fun. It, it, it clearly resonates with people. Because of this magic moment, uh, I've gone back and watched games and been like, man, this team was just, that team was so good. It's a team, honestly, that would survive in today's NBA. Like, they were, they were doing things that today's NBA teams do uh, with Shaq. Uh, and, and so I, I just, I love that team so much. It's hard to describe, describe them. I'm sure uh, so many more people could do it more, you know, better than I could about what that team meant to the city and what the, but to me, that team was, was everything like that was, you know, I would, I'll, I'll share this story. When I was in first grade, my show and tell every, every week was, was the results from the previous week's magic games. And people loved it. They, they loved that. They loved that because the magic were a big deal in the city. Uh, so those are my five favorite teams of all time. I'd love to hear your favorite teams. So weigh in on the round table question, uh, weigh in on your favorite teams in Magic history. I'll I'll include them in the post uh, post talk. Uh, so be sure to do that. You can drop us a line on Twitter at omagicdaily. Uh, you can also drop us a line uh, omagicdaily at gmail.com. Uh, feel free also to use the hashtag LockedOnMagic for these responses, and I'll be sure to retweet them and, and share them with everyone. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, I know magic history is a lot of fun to talk about, uh, and so I'm I'm happy to try and add a little little history perspective here, especially during the Ted the dead time of the season. That will do it for me here on today's episode of Locked On Magic. I want to thank you all again for listening. Be sure to check me out on the uh, shoot. I'm losing the the name of the podcast here on the Almighty Baller Podcast. Uh, I joined. Um, uh, I joined uh, them for to talk about the Orlando Magic a few days ago. I'm I owe you a link on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I'll, I'll post that link uh, today. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Um, it was uh, a great conversation about the Magic this season as uh, we we inch closer to the NBA regular season. Uh, There's the, some some schedule news as begin to leak out. Um, no Magic games, of course, because we're probably not going to be on national TV this year. But uh, that that's the schedule should be coming out this week. That's that that's my understanding, both from uh, reports that are coming out as well as uh, my own my own sources have told me that uh, the schedule is expected out this week. So we'll have some 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 concrete things to hold on to for the 2017 season. Finally, uh, so be on the lookout for that. Remember, Croatia plays Argentina tonight at 9:30. That game is on the Olympic Basketball Channel. Or and also on NBCOlympics.com. It streams live on NBCOlympics.com. So be sure to check that out. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We will catch you tomorrow. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks.
It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.